Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my scarred, burned, crusty old sanitarium doctor and co-host, Alex Dandino! That's my best Alex Dan Evil! <laughs> All right, guys, some business to take care of. Uh, as always, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That does help us out enormously. Really helpful, guys. We've seen, we've seen them coming in, guys, and we appreciate that enormously. Thank you uh, for shows like us, you know, up and, up and growing shows. That helps us out a ton. Uh, I know it takes a couple seconds, but we appreciate those of you that are doing that for us. If you haven't, Now would be a great time to do it as you listen to our descent into Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Uh, We really, really do appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You can uh, see our faces as well as hear our voices on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. Uh, We have some other content there we're working on. You know, as the year goes on, we'll, uh, we'll be up and running, have that all figured out. You can find us on any social media platform that you're on. We're there, too, and we would love to talk with you, communicate Share hilarious, you know, gifs and whatever else the children do. <laughs> also, you can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your ideas for movies you'd like to hear us cover, new and old themes, guests uh, you would like us to have on the show, Friday night double features, which we haven't had one in a while. I would love to get back to that. Also, you guys can get in every December. We stuff your stocking. Uh, all listener picks. So get in now. Get in early. The best of the batch will pick all of our favorites, as many as we can cover, and have that for you in December. So that's a great reason to email the show as well. All right, enough business. We are in the midst of our October horror movie mega marathon, our descent into the abyss of horror genre. Yeah, we're getting in there now. We all up in it. Um, we had a little a little breather from our Michael Myers uh, Haddonfield with Halloween three season of the witch. We did some uh. Descent into druid magic and corporate fuckwads, uh, which was great, man. It wasn't loved in its time. Did no. not get well received. People miss that good old-fashioned Michael Myers Halloween flick, right? They wanted to see the, him. He is essentially the guy that helped break out this giant craze of these slasher franchises. People wanted to see him. They wanted to see Jason Fred. They wanted to see the guys they knew. Uh, Kill the teens that they didn't care about. They wanted that back. Jamie Lee Curtis refused to come back. So essentially we get a 10 years later reboot. I believe they said it was 10 years later, right? So this is a 10 years later. 10 years later. Retelling of Halloween one. But later and with Lori's daughter, Jamie. So this movie is interesting to me because I think this was the last really great Halloween movie until we got to Halloween resurrection, which fucking slapped. We'll be doing that in a couple days. Um, this movie brings back Donald Pleasance. It brings back Michael. We have Jamie as a new introduction and it kind of brings back the town of Haddonfield and the sheriff. This movie brings in a lot more of these supernatural elements, right? We're kind of really crystallizing some things that Halloween two nibbled at. Uh, and we're also dealing with the the fallout and the grief of this one really bad night. So while I, I think there are things that aren't great, like why my, Michael always looks like his jumpsuit is full of 
puffy pillows and why the mask is unbearably bad. There's a lot of really interesting stuff happening in Halloween 4, and I truly, truly love this addition to the franchise. Alex, uh, what is your opening thought on Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers? Were you glad to have Michael Myers back? Mm, I mean, glad is not the <laughs> word I'd use. Like, we only have 10 more of these to do. No. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I like Season of the Witch, you know? like I think Season of the Witch is cool. I fucking I, love I, Season of the Witch, yeah. I like the anthology aspect of a lot of these kinds of movies. And I think Halloween, above all else, would be the holiday that would kind of lend itself to that however mm -hmm. you could have had one of these every single year right. but however that's not what we got i understand the draw michael myers is a fantastic uh you know keeper of the mask so why wouldn't you want to bring him back um as far as soft reboots go it wasn't the worst thing i mean i liked i do i think the deeper we get into michael myers the more important the supernatural becomes because this is something that happens when they um, in the later movies, like starting with H2O, that just sucks is that other than Resurrection, which we'll get to. But they kind of like shirk a lot of this supernatural stuff that happens. And I, I think that's a really important thing, particularly getting into this level of the sequels. You really need to hone in on that. And I like that that's like part of it now. I like that there's a. There's a lineage. I, I enjoy those aspects of the story. I enjoy those aspects of the character. This might be my favorite Donald Pleasant's performance because he's like super crazy here. It's like, yeah, he definitely comes back as a, uh, like the super worst coworker of all. Cause yeah. you hear that doctor at the opening, right? When for some reason they're going to release Michael Myers to the sanitarium that let him out or the Smith's Grove. Right. But literally, the, the other doctor's the like, my hope is that with Michael going back, uh, he'll either quit, retire, or die. Yeah, or die. <laughs> and I was die. like, so imagine this man's life. But no, imagine this man's life, right? So Dr. Loomis gets transferred over to the old sanitarium. It's like, hey, here's your new office mate, Dr. Loomis. And he walks in all, like, twisted and crispy. And the guy's like, oh, hey, like, you've been through some stuff. Have I? I took a boat ride down the river. Evil! Look at me! Look at me! Because it's like... And you're just like... So this guy has been doing this for 10 years, just hating Dr. Loomis. Yeah. Right? Just fucking hating him. Because what is funny is we left off Loomis, right? And there's part one where he's screaming evil, right? Trying to make something out of... He didn't do good solving Michael's case, and then it breaks loose, right? Part two, he's doing his victory lap. I'm glad these people are dying because evil has been proven. Sam Hain. Right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden in this one, it feels like Dr. Loomis would be a little bit of a cosplayer, it right? Like there's a bananas. little bit of him that is flashing it around. Like, like he loves to look at people with the crispy eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is like, this is the thing I love about the Loomis entrance in this movie is it's the perfect 80s entrance. This is like something they almost <laughs> exclusively did in 80s movies, by the way, which is the like over the shoulder shot from behind so that you see the profile like, oh, I know that look. I know that. You see guy. the duster. You see the bald spot. You see, spot, the, duster, like, you see yeah. the bald spot. And then like you like kind of come around and then finally you get him in full focus. You're like, oh, shit. Loomis has seen yeah. something, man. And he's like been through like he's no, got that. Yeah. He's got that great. I love this scar. This is like a great. Yeah, this is great. Like kind of 
kind of bad, kind of entertaining horror movie makeup. Because, like, I think Michael's hands are worse. But I love this, like, big... Well, considering the scope of the fucking explosion we saw in part two, yeah. you're like, not bad. You guys yeah, came out of their own. they all came out pretty <laughs> scot-free. Like, literally, yeah. Loomis came out with a limp. Like, that's not that bad. And, like, a little mole, you know? All things considered, All yeah. things considered, I mean, good. he still is able to strut down that hallway, and you're like... Look out for this big, crispy, swinging dick coming in here to start screaming about why he wasn't notified by paperwork. It's like one of my favorite scenes, though, is like the like everybody, everybody in that sanitarium hates him. Nobody wants to see him around anymore. Like, it's the best part about the movie. No, 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 no. One guy is stoked, and it is the creepy security guard who's doing essentially the haunted house tour. He, hey, Jesus got nothing to do with this place, okay, right? Like, that, that guy is- probably sees Loomis, and it's just like... What a bit. What a bit. I gotta go off this. <laughs> yeah. That is one of those things about this movie that, like, the first 15 minutes of this movie for me, and it's fascinating because, like, watching it in succession, I realized, too, this movie happened. Let's see. When did the original one come out? Was that 77? 78, I think. Right. right? So this is literally 10 years later. So it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Granted, people wanted Michael Myers back, but it's completely plausible, I guess, that people have forgotten the plot of the original movie or the original two, I guess. But this was back before the rise of home video all the way. Right. So, yeah, like so movies possible. were harder to find. So, back like then. the first 15 minutes of this movie are really fascinating because when we've watched them in succession now, it, I actually like the first I'm like, do I have to listen to this? Because I know like <laughs> the security guard is literally like, Jesus got nothing to do with this place. And then he's like, pushes the button to go down. He goes, did you hear what happened last time this guy got out? Man, he I killed 16 people. Maybe more. Like he's literally just. Well, I like the two ambulance people are like, hey, who do you think let him out? We did. <laughs> Our hospital is the one who let him loose. We're the worst. Like he's hospital. literally <laughs> rattling off all of the major problems that happened like within the last within the two movies. And then like yeah. obviously ignoring season of season of the witch. But it's completely fascinating to me that this is the conversation that's occurring. Because, again... You know what's I, funny? I don't know I if know you thought so well. this, too. Right, but there, there's a moment every time I watch this film when he starts rattling off, he's like, 10 years ago, this guy went crazy. And he's doing his bit. There's a part of me that every single time I've watched this movie, which is innumerable at this point like almost every halloween in my life i've watched the halloween series right right love it every time they go through that door and he's talking about the night before until he gets to the he killed 16 people right or even after that i still always wish that it was loomis in the bed right that loomis is the one who had gone fully crazy and like was brought in like that would have been really cool but that's not what we got right There is a part of this, though, where now we're going to start talking about the supernatural elements, right? And the opening of this movie do some really fun things with this, right? Which is, so Michael is essentially triggered and brought back by hearing he has a niece, right? The question I had is, would he have come back anyway? Is there some point at which he would know, right? Lineage-wise, he has to be on Earth, right? Because that becomes a big question. We saw Michael burn, apparently not enough to die. Right. Why is Michael Myers' shell still sitting on Earth, right? The shell that we saw imbued with supernatural powers in part two, right? We know that something more is going on. This movie starts hinting at it. 
when would Jamie have activated him, right? Would she have had to come of age? Is he there to simply ignite and pass on the the curse? Or is it just because that dumbass read a family tree in the ambulance? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I assumed it happened when um, she started having those visions. It, I mean, because he he hears that he has because I guess that's your your point, right? Is did he just wake up in that ambulance? Yeah. Or was he already beginning to wake? I mean, I think he's probably was again. It's, it's hard because they don't really go all in on in Halloween two with what should be a major cycle, major like supernatural beat and an important one, too, because that's really what explains away yes. just a regular dude who can walk around in a janitor's costume with a mask on and still (laughs) you know walk the earth again like yeah my assumption has always (laughs) been kind of because i agree like loomis waking up would have been really cool but the other thing that i always wondered why they never did this and they always try to and like we'll get to it when we talk about revenge but the thing that i always didn't understand is why there wasn't some sort of like fallen thing you know like, they almost do it a lot in the sequels, but this is where it could start, is you kind of can get that fallen vibe, like, whatever evil lives inside Michael Myers can't sustain in that yeah. body anymore, so why doesn't it just, like, drift to another person and so on and so forth? You could make the argument they get there by the end of this one. Part five completely annihilates Right, that. yeah. You could, but- by, by the end, by the end, you could almost make the argument that it happens. And then, yeah, part five obviously is like over with. But I've always been curious why they wouldn't lean into that because that's such a different – maybe it's because Michael Myers is the character and not the actual evil itself. Because he doesn't yeah. speak, but I don't know. I've always kind of liked that. Like the looming presence of the shape is scary in the first two. To me, the ever presence of Michael Myers, like leading into the sequels, is what actually makes it interesting and entertaining for me. Right, and this is the movie where this starts to rub. Totally. Right, is Michael Myers was scary because it was the thought of a perfect ideal suburban child uh breaking and just being full of the most dark evil uh that humanity could muster amidst this kind of idyllic american life right by this point in the movie right we see michael awoken he's atrophied and burned or should be but yet he's punching his thumb through people's faces and you know creates this horrific crime scene that some dipstick deputy's like no call crash stuff right poking heads and blood (laughs) everywhere no big deal we're missing a body who cares right I'm a small town yokel. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah, so Gomer, that, Gomer right? Pyle really nailed the nailed it on this one. Yeah. So this is where, but there, there are like three things that happen pretty fast, right? Is one, he's awoken by the mention of Lori's daughter Jamie. Two, we have the gas station showdown, and then I guess there's four, right? Three, his unbelievable tracking abilities of men who have jumpsuits. And four is that we definitely see that Jamie's been having visions involving her uncle and mother for at least four days, they mentioned, right? Right. This was something, yeah, that was the supernatural thing. I was like, so is there just like every one of these hospitals runs past a uh, garage where these men have jumpsuits? Was that a thing in the 80s? Or does Michael Myers, with his face still bandaged, covering his eyes, uh, just 
can he smell the jumpsuit? Like, what is it about these jumpsuits he wants so much? I think he just knows, you know? He's just, I love that look, and I know where to find it. <laughs> you think if an anything, integral Michael part Myers of the is Thorn of the Magic first... is the mechanic outfit? If anything, one of, Michael Myers might be one of the world's first, like, true fashionistas. He knows his look, you know? That's why he walks. He's like, hey, man, every kill of mine is branded content. <laughs> yeah, that's why he walks slow. He wants you to know. Yeah. He's like, Uggs is never going to sponsor me if I don't have the right jumpsuit. <laughs> right? But I was just like, do you always have to kill the mechanic? Like, what the fuck? Always kills yeah, the mechanic. Yeah, so I was like, he supernaturally is finding these these dread, these duds, right? And we see this over and over in the series because he finds a tow truck, truck driver in part one, right? That's how he gets it. Part four, he has to sniff out with no eyeballs a jumpsuit. Rob Zombie's Halloween, he escapes the sanitarium, ends up at a truck stop. Waits until he finds another seven foot tall guy pooping and then takes his jumpsuit. Right. So this is an integral part of the myth and the lore of how we get these these big, jumpsuits. Right? I think H2O it. has the same thing. We just kind of look past the fact that he's in a, a tow truck, you know, driving away. So he found another mechanic. Right. Right. So we are now at this this rash of dead mechanics who are naked across the country. This is getting out of control. But that seems funny, too, because that has a really good loomis question right that i was fascinated by the way they shot this scene is kind of setting us up for something we're going to see with Lori a lot right this is the movie that begins to similar to jason takes manhattan uh turn michael into a full ghostly figure right, right? do you think he's actually at that truck's truck stop when loomis arrives yes I do. Because there's some weird, weird beats there, right? Why does Michael not kill Loomis in that moment? I mean, I've never understood. I've never thought that Loomis was the, because Loomis has never been the target. Like, but he, but he kills the mechanic, right? That's a target because he needs his pants. He kills the lady behind the counter. She's a nothing character, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, to me, that that gets into just we're just ratcheting up the body count. But like Loomis, <laughs> Loomis to me is never the target for Michael Myers. Michael Myers is after one thing and one thing only, which is the Strode bloodline. That's what he wants. Yeah. Or the Myers bloodline. as The Myers way. bloodline. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. that's what he that's like his like that's like his uh, that's like his bloodhound sense. That's what he's sniffing out, which is why. And, yeah. But like Loomis. Michael Myers is Loomis's chase. They're really one and the same person. They're just one, yes. you know, when we talked about this, you know, Donald Pleasance, or sorry, Loomis and Michael Myers are one and the same person. Just one doesn't wear a mask, but they're both relentlessly. Yeah. Wa- like if Loomis really didn't give a shit, like if Loomis was like, well, I don't know. He would find a payphone, call the cops, not get ditched in the d- ditched 119 miles away from Haddonfield by these like, punk ass kids in their pom-poms which might be one of the most heartbreaking moments in the entire movie it's like he literally has his, his thumb out these guys pull over like yeah come on and then for some reason i never understand this for some reason when they're like telling him to come to the car they're slow motion and then just a fucking peel out <laughs> it's just the I love that scene because what happens is, if I remember correctly, Loomis gets the faintest of smiles and he's like, 
Finally, because this car is literally full of the avatars of the people he thinks he's saving, right? Absolutely. I'll save more teens. They must sing my praises in Haddonfield. And so he's running over like he's the prom king. Like, yes, yes, I saved a couple of your your ilk back 10 years ago. Now I'm here again to do it. And then they peel out. They're like, fuck you. Fuck you, old. And the next thing we know is he goes from the prom king to I am equal to the alcoholic singing preacher. You're a pilgrim, too. I saw you're a pilgrim. Dude. And he's like. Yeah, we might as well get car drunk and drive. See, this is like the other thing. This is the other thing too that I don't understand about this movie, and something that kind of turns me off, especially towards the beginning. Like towards the end, I don't really care. But like in the very beginning, there are so many like kind of hackneyed premises of characters, like the overly the like the overly overly social security guard and the you know drinking priest (laughs) on the the drinking priest on the road the very sure of themselves like all these people sort of ratchet themselves up to like almost like a chew the scenery level of acting but the thing is and this is like the crazy thing and this is why it still works for me and this is why it doesn't just totally pull me out of the movie is (laughs) i'm waiting for donald pleasance i'm used to donald pleasance so everyone else by any association is like brought down an entire half half step so that when he gets to the sheriff station in Haddonfield and fucking blows up, that's like, that's, I'm like, there's the pleasance. That's what I was waiting for. Right. Well, that seems funny too. Cause you almost have this, cause he is awoken the same as Michael, right? Absolutely. Like when Michael's escaped, he like saunters back. They, they in. didn't even give him the memo. He like, just felt it. He knew. That's yeah, because they're like, well, fuck you, man. Like yeah, they hate him. crispy old bad coworker. Yeah, fuck you. We're not giving you any benefits. Hobble Absolutely. your ass out of here. Go back to retirement. And so he's awoken the same way, right? And that line is cool because it's almost he's like, do I still have one more? He's like the old guy, right? He's like, do I have one more in my system? Yep. One more crazy screaming monologue, and he does. And as the sheriff follows him out, right? They're like, he believes him. He's like, well, it's worth trying. Like, how do we prevent what happened ten years ago? And you just see this look at his face like, oh, my God, it worked. Like, this is way better, right? Like, this guy believes it. He even says later when the the cop, they find the dead dog in the room, and he's like, I'm getting creeped out. And Loomis is like, at least I'm not the only one. I don't know why he's Werner Herzog. Why is he Werner Herzog? But back to the garage, right? (laughs) Right. Back to the garage, right? This sets up our ghostly Michael, right? Because when Loomis turns the gun on him, that's one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite Donald Pleasance moment in the movie. Besides the very end is when he says, Michael, he's like, leave those people alone. Right. If you want someone, take me. Right. Because I think in that moment, Donald knows that or Loomis knows that's not happening. That he does not give a fuck about him, really. And even if he kills him, he's still going to go to Haddonfield. Right. To me, it felt like this old man who was like, put me out of my fucking misery. Like, enough of this shit, right? <laughs> like, just fucking crumple me and leave, right? And he turns to shoot. He raises his gun, and Michael has disappeared. This is almost a teleportation scenario. Timing very iffy. Michael drives away, blows the fucking place up, and Loomis does a dive behind the barrels, right? Right. This is a lot to take in for Loomis in that moment. And I think it's really cool, because then you run this out, right? Because this leads us into Jamie, right? Our new uh, final girl is essentially a tiny girl, right? Right. And Danielle Harris is iconic for a reason in this role. She is fucking outstanding. She is. I was watching this, and my mom just kept being like, 
she is such a good little actress. Like, my mom was really impressed with what she was seeing. She is so good in this movie, right? Yeah. But that Loomis scene paired with that Jamie scene, I think, is really important, is that Jamie's kind of having these visions, right? And she has the vision of Uncle Micro pulling her under the bed, and uh, he's behind the door, right? We get this sense that, because you start to wonder, right? We know that Lori's not around, right? Did she just, was she so traumatized she always talked about it? Right. Or is this the psychic bond, right? Where is she getting a lot of this extra sensory information? You know? Right. So it becomes this cool, now we've established Michael as a ghost, right? He's a ghost figure in this film now. Right. Like one of the more interesting scenes, right? <laughs> and I don't know if this is the intended consequence but i think it works really well is in the drugstore right i think this is one of the more fascinating uh jamie michael moments right so jamie decides i really want to go trick-or-treating to try to be normal all the kids in school still haven't learned the lesson maybe don't bully anyone who's a myers fucking shit out of her jesus about like having a costume (laughs) and then they're just like yeah and often yeah why would you it's bully like, hey, someone about chill. being an orphan? Relax. Well, also, hey, do you know uh, what happens to little Michael Myers kids in the Myers family when they like turn that age? <laughs> they put on a costume and start stabbing you little pricks. Knock it off. Right. But so this scene is interesting, right? Because we, this is where we set up our bad boyfriend uh, storyline, which is great. Brady, the least understanding, like, I'm not getting my dick wet tonight. Dude, oh, my God. The Brady. While that's happening. The Brady thing. That was my favorite exchange was that, like, oh, when'd you find out about that uh, this morning? And it's five now. Great. Now I'll just have to fucking masturbate. Thanks a lot. Great. Now everyone's taking the best whap. Thanks. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, great. <sighs> Who's going to get it wet? Me? I'm not doing it. <laughs> He's a fucking piece of shit. But so Jamie goes over and is looking for costumes, right? Right. She's lured to a clown costume that very much parallels Michael. Now she sees young Michael, right? Right. Which we are explained away a little later, right? But you you get the sense this is some kind of subconscious level. Right. Then she sees Michael and freaks out, right? Breaks the mirror. We see Michael's reflection in the mirror after they walk away as if he's a ghost, right? The shattered image. He's in her mind, right? Right. They also pair it with an actual hand grabbing the Michael Myers mask. So you're like, was he in there and she was having a psychic breakdown? Because <laughs> that's really kind of a cool... Because this scene does a lot of work, right? right? It establishes Michael as a ghost that has real estate in her head. It connects her to the curse of the Myers bloodline. It also sets up the WAP scenario, and we've got Michael Myers physically there to see all this and get the worst mask in franchise history, which you can only explain away if you say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this town that had had tragedy said, hey, let's monetize this shit, and they're selling cheap knockoff Michael Myers mask, and that's why he looks like shit in this movie. There's a lot happening in that drugstore scene. This is the linchpin of the film, man. A lot going on. A lot going on. What do you make of the the mask theory? Your mask theory? <laughs> yeah. I think they're selling like, hey, local hero, cheap knockoff mask. I mean, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, you know. There's a, there's a scene when he chucks Loomis through a door like a pro wrestler, and the hair's just Billy Idol blonde. 
Like the mask in this movie is the mask is ever changing. But would you say maybe that's part of the supernatural of of Michael Myers himself? But in the Billy Idol hair color change, he physically throws Loomis like a little bitch through a door, chucks him. Right. But so maybe, maybe. But there is another big supernatural one I've never noticed until this viewing. Uh, and that is when Michael Myers is literally a rider upon the fog. Yes. He's a, he's a fog ghost, right? Because I always wondered when those fucking yokels drive away, they're like, we've already done murdered one child. We'll just forget about that. We'll talk about that in the next one. Right? They murder a child because, you know, guns! Woo! They just run out and shoot a bush. Oh, wait, it's Ted Dippelheimer or whatever his fucking name is. Dippelheimer. They drive off. And they're driving a long way, right? They drive past the cops. They use their white privilege to shoot a shotgun and the cops just react with like, Hey, fellow heroes drive on. Right. right. And as they're driving fog rolls in. Okay. Michael lifts himself up on the bed of the truck. Right. I think the movie's telling us there's no fucking way. Michael Myers is under those trucks. We see the trucks roll up. We see the kids there. Impossible to believe he's under that truck. Right. right. I think the reason they added the fog is to tell us that there is something extra happening, right? That when the fog hits, that's where Michael is, right? This is his teleporting around town. Because if you look at this movie, he's got a very busy geographic night. Yes. Right? At the electric station, he kills all the fucking cops. He's still playing with the bodies everywhere. Like, this is a lot of work. He kills the dog. He looks at family photos. But if he's a rider upon the fog, right? not that bad. I think he's in that fog, and that's when he reaches up into the truck. He's like forming so his. So you uh, think of him as again. sort of the mist, essentially? Yes, because the thought of him planking for forty miles seems too stupid to bear. I don't know, and it hurts my head. I don't know. Michael Myers at this point in the movie has proven his predilection for strictly coveralls from murdered uh, mechanics. So, well, here's the other. The, here's the, the other qu- thing. The right? quotient for Here- stupidity is super low. His supernatural bloodhound senses of satanic mechanic outfits makes perfect satanic sense. Satanic mechanic. What doesn't Band make name. sense is that if you're if you're holding on to the under part of a truck, trying to ride along, your head would be facing the front and you'd be dragging your feet, right? Michael crawls in the back of the truck like this, which means his feet had to be pointing forward. So he had to be doing a full Mission Impossible Never touching the floor, clenching cheek, everything, or else he's not surviving that. Unless he's the fog news. I'm not disagreeing with the, the mist theory. What I'm saying is, is that because I, I I agree with you. I think that that's probably the le- that's the leveling up of supernatural stuff that we need in this yeah. movie. However, what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of other stupid things that Michael Myers does. So planking for 40 minutes is certainly not going to like surprise me if that's what he decides to do. I have watched all of these now since we are recording this, and I can't think of one dumb moment in this whole franchise. I really. The whole series? I've got nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we. I mean, Josh I forgot Hartman's that we... haircut? That's one. I'm sorry. I guess we missed the part where he was doing CrossFit <laughs> in, the, uh, in H2O. My bad. All right. So H2O, yeah. You got the Josh Hartnett haircut and the one arm CrossFit pull up, which is my all time least favorite thing in Halloween. Thank you very much. You got me there. So he does have a predilection for crossfitting. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
<laughs> I still think he's a fog ghost. God I think damn it. Of, I think how do you get in that police station? I think fog ghost makes a lot of sense because there is a lot of there's a lot going on in this movie that requires the supernatural to start taking hold of this series. Like I think the psychic link between him and Jamie is so important and speaks volumes like from the first one too. like my all time favorite scene in this entire movie is that opener where we see Jamie, the lightning strikes and he's just sitting there in the mirror. We know he's not yep. there or is he like it's yeah. really, really important and really awesome because it sets the tone for what exactly is Michael Myers for the next like three movies really. Well, th this is the Thorn Trilogy segment. What is cool about that, too, though, is by you're telling us that everyone is a somewhat unreliable narrator, which really adds this sub-level of how traumatized these people would be by right. him. The hardest thing to accept in the whole film, right? It's, I was like, let's say you live in Haddonfield, right? And this thing happened on Halloween. You're like, this is the last movie. You can't make another one of these movies because if this happened twice, 10 years apart, and they never recover the body to walk down Main Street, every Halloween, everyone in that town's like, lock the doors. Yeah. We're going to go party in Sheboygan or wherever. No one is there trick-or-treating or because or, that's the uh, – uh, 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 which one? The Curse of Michael Myers deals with that where the teenager's like, we want to bring back Halloween parties. Right. It's like no one would ever part. You wouldn't have Halloween. It'd be like the Footloose Town, yeah. right? Halloween would be locked down. Every family would leave town for one night a year and just say, we're good, man. We're not doing this anymore, right? So, it's, I mean, but this is the thing. You get a lot of these people dealing with it differently, right? You see the bar where the guy uh, who lost his son and then now he's a killer too. Yep. Uh, one of the weirder scenes of this, of watching people deal with the grief of what's happened here, uh, is when Loomis actually riles up the posse. I thought that was wild, dude. That was a wild Loomis decision. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, Loomis is... This is a great example of a man at his wit's end. Like, he's been... Half his face is burned off. He right. just got fucking kicked in the face by dirt. He had to fucking ride all the way into Haddonfield with... Uh, <laughs> He wanted that. Do you think the teenager, those yokel shot, is the kid who pu pushed the gas pedal? <laughs> he recognized his letter jacket. And he's like, yes, posse, this will. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> the kid behind this movie, that This movie is as much about the return of Michael Myers as it is about Loomis getting revenge on those fucking kids. <laughs> he's like, one more body won't hurt. <laughs> I'm Loomis. <laughs> I like how progressively as we've done these Loomis has slowly become like the worst character in the entire series. Like he's it an is, absolute it monster. It is the thing that hurt hurts me the most because I've always held Loomis up as my favorite horror movie character. Pretty much. I love what Donald Pleasance does, does with him, but really diving deep into these for this series we're doing. He is not necessarily a good guy. No, he's a huge like, he's a piece of shit flawed human character i wouldn't say he's like a piece of shit like he's not the murderers but he's very flawed he's much he's not this van helsing you know hero against the darkness like at the end of monster squad when dracula gets pulled in it's this old guy who's like ah, i'm here to help ah, and they're doing like weird irish boxing right 
into the void. That's not what Loomis is, which I thought he was, right? Loomis is more of an Ahab. He's this broken, fucking, fractured human who could never be happy. And I never really thought of it that way. And when you get to Rob Zombie's Halloween, he just makes Loomis a full-on scumbag. So this is obviously something other people had picked up on, just not me. But that moment with the posse, yeah, I think it's wild. It absolutely makes sense in the moment. Yeah, I mean... But it shows this, he has no more faith or belief. Like, he runs to the sheriff, but he's also like, Michael's not a man, right? He says that well, he even says at the, evil on the two ambulance legs. scene, right? He's not a man. That part of him died a long time right. ago. Evil. He's evil on two legs. But that to me is him getting the posse together makes a lot of it's the first sensical it's the first sensible thing he's done in many moons, as far as I'm concerned. Like he can't he can't <laughs> rely on the cops because all the cops think he's thinks he's out of his mind. So of course he's gonna go to local yokels and be like, hey. We have to, we have to stop him. We have to stop him now. Like that absolutely makes sense to me. It is less baffling than I, to me, than I think it is to you. It's not baffling. I'm saying it is a bit of a turn because Loomis is this doctor character. He's supposed to be this authority on Michael. I'm here to make things better. I think it is impossible for Loomis to not realize by turning these fucking drunken buffoons with shotgun racks and trucks loose on this town seeing a boogeyman at every corner all of our main characters see michael constantly in their nightmares right right? this guy lost a son to michael myers like i'll handle it my way god damn it he knows he hears that when he says the you know oh yeah let's go get the posse he knows that they are going to be shooting at every boogeyman shadow. Loomis has to know there's going to be collateral damage. And at this point, he just doesn't care because yeah. now Loomis is so disconnected from the, I want to save him as a human. I want to save human people. I think Loomis is just like whatever cost to destroy evil is fine. And it's, it's a new yes. version of Loomis that we well, haven't dealt it, with yet. Well, and it's, it, it humanizes this broken well, man. I, I like this. Oh, I don't think saying. it humanizes him at all. It makes him even more of an Ahab. He sees the he sees the value in collateral damage. But this is also right. a guy who literally spent ten years rehabilitating and sort of meditating on the fact that at some point he's going to have to take care of this. <laughs> no, again. no, no. He spent ten years just crutching to different cubicles, saying, "Look at me, Evil. look at me." Evil. <laughs> I earned my paycheck more than you. <laughs> poor, poor Fran and accounts receivable. Like Loomis walks away. She's like, are we ever going to fire him? He is just killing me. <laughs> yeah. If I hear one more time about how he shot out that cop window, fucking hell. <laughs> like, no, I think it human. Cause what it is, is when you get these characters, like final girls often are, and some of these like, you know, Oh, I'll be the heroic guy. It takes them away from the, the fucking struggle and the grief and the, the fear, right? Loomis's fear oozes out of this one. And this one, he's not coming from a, I'm here because I know I need to battle and I'm scared. This one, he feels much more terrified and vulnerable. Sure. And I think it's really cool, right? And you pair that with Danielle. And then you get these, like, the side characters in this are horrible. Like, something I keep wondering is, like, can the parents who take in a foster child be fucking responsible for the foster child? 
Like, they give uh, Lori or uh, Jamie's sister shit. Like, you wanted to go on a date on Halloween? We've got a date. Watch your scarred foster sister that obviously has a thing with Halloween because we don't want to go to grandma's in Ohio. And I was like, you're shit parents, and I'm not sad when you get fucking murdered at the end of the movie. But there's a lot of... Let's talk about the house they hole up in because one of the things that is iconic from this movie is the cops do it better shirt. God, I love. I have questions. Yeah, let's. Uh, I let's have talk questions. All right, so question one: Who bought her that shirt? Because if you are a father who's a cop and you see your daughter who is blossoming into her sexuality wearing a cops do it better shirt that might be repulsive also you'd start looking at your co-workers two there's a bit of an insinuation because there's no mother present at all right that the the sheriff's mother or wife may have died her mother so then his wife may have worn the shirt before they wrestled and then the daughter wears it to be closer to her mom and her dad sees that. And the shirt is weird. The shirt is a weird choice in this film that opens up so many things that I, I mean, don't there's like. a lot of questions I had <laughs> as she's running around in that shirt only that I didn't feel comfortable answering or asking even during a Halloween movie because Were you, did you think Brady made the right choice or not? One oh. of the best scenes is when uh, he gets Dude, found out, and he's like, hey, best. man, I have an excuse. Hey, I have an excuse. He can either run after his now ex-girlfriend or go back for the sure thing, and he's like, eh. <laughs> he just runs back into the house. That was my favorite. That was my favorite thing was he fucking runs out after her, and he's like, wait, wait, listen. She was WAP. I don't know what to tell you. This is the deal. Yeah. It was. You didn't tell me before five. All the WAP had dried up. I got lucky and found a wet spot. God damn it. Don't hold that against me. I'm Brady. I'm Brady. I'm the big man. I, I swear to God. I, I texted you actually while I was watching this. I've never seen that guy in any other movie except for Dazed and Confused. I was shocked. I had no idea he had done other fucking movies. This is before Dazed and Confused too. I had no fucking idea. It was yeah. mind blowing. What did you make of a... Uh... Oh, I forgot. This has another really weird moment. This is how I also know that Michael Myers is some kind of ghost in this film. Strange kill setups, right? Like the one where he just waits in the deputy's car. Yes. When he could just kill that guy probably anytime. The weirdest one, though, is when he does the, the folding pretzel man oh, head. Oh, no, I love that one. And he's sitting in the rock. No, I love it. The rocking chair when he stands up is awesome. Yes. How long was Michael Myers like, do I hold the gun here? Do I sit here? Like, what's a rocking speed that's really cool? Oh, blow that candle out. It might give away my visage. Right? But the forethought into that is so strange that you're like, if Michael didn't just appear as like a cloud. I'm telling you, Michael Myers is a fashionista ahead of his time. He knows his vibe. He knows his look. He and is. he knows exactly how he wants to kill people. There's... Well, no, also, he's very Warhol. You're, you're right about that. He's very Andy Warhol, right? Like, even when he killed the mechanic, and he's like, ah, I better chain him up in this weird, yeah, cool way. I better way. chain like, him up you know, and make it look art. creepy and weird. It's fine. It's very, you know, again, it's very performance <laughs> art. I have a lot of respect for <laughs> a Michael A good Myers. artist doesn't see a canvas he's not going to, like, leave a mark on. That's I have, a lot, I have a lot of respect for Michael Myers as an artist. 
<laughs> that Rocky chair kill is so fucking funny. Fucking though. love uh, that one. <laughs> what do you make of Brady's heroic moment? Because it it made me laugh oh, twice. God. Which is is it heroic? Why is Brady standing his ground for the girl he definitely didn't care about destroying like yeah, an hour ago? And two, the fact that she just runs away from him is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect payback, right? It's like, eh, fuck you. Like, it's like this deep down sort of like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just this perfect, like, sort of fuck you moment, in my opinion. Like, I don't think, she, I don't think Rachel necessarily intends it as such, but, uh, well done. I think there's a part of Rachel that maybe is like, oh, you thought she was the only WAP in the house. Now me too, when I'm watching your head get right. crushed. That is something I noticed. I was like, Michael Myers is doing a lot of head crushing kills in this, reinforcing that he is uh, owns real estate in your house besides Haddonfield, right? Yes. In your head. Ooh, nice. Forcing himself into the brain. Well, I yep. mean, I think it's also this isn't this is something else that I noticed. Like, because yeah, there are a lot of like these sort of head crushing kills, stuff that is taking less time than like stabbing, and a few more like like the yeah like the mechanic like almost ritualistic. So the more I was watching, I realized, like, this feels very supernatural. Like, we're getting deeper into this because Michael Myers has these much more elaborate, like, stabbing someone to me feels less, feels less than, like, crushing their skull. Like, I know that sounds kind of weird, but. It's more visceral. That's what a knife is made for, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's weird, too, because this is the one where we don't get the head tilt. We don't get the iconic head tilt. Michael now is not getting that almost human joy out of what he's doing. Now it's like these ghostly Warhol soup can murders. You're like, what the fuck? Like fucking, he's doing MacGruber throat rips and chucking guys out of cars. And he's he's a wild man in this one. It's uh, strange. Let's cut to the last part of the movie that really has some bang for me. Uh, We got to talk about this ending, man, where Michael gets hit by the car and sent down the ravine, right? Right. He falls there. Jamie watches him from the truck lay in the graves, right? Lay in the graveyard, whatever. Uh, his fingers uncurl around the knife. That is the key for Jamie to approach him. Right. And I think she says, I love you, uncle, or something like that, right? Yeah. Some Does she? I she has like a nice little like there's a farewell. Nice, there's a nice moment. I don't uncle, remember right? if it's I love you, Uncle, but yeah. It might not be I love you, but it's maybe I forgive you. But there's a moment, right? She refers to him an uncle in a term of endearment, a family term, right? This right. girl who's felt ostracized and outside. Why seeing the fingers uncurl around the knife and then cut to her seeing that? Why is that the key for her to go down there? This also, like, it it gave it, like, a ritual vibe to me, too, right? Like, something bigger is happening right. there. I mean, there's two for me. Like, one is, like, the movie the movie brain says, like, oh, that means the threat is over because he's no longer he's no longer conscious. But then, like, based on what I've been, like, really enjoying about these Halloween movies, this particular series themselves, is I keep going back to this fallen thing because it's like time is on my side. Like I can hear like fucking Elias. And then Donald Pleasance just comes in as the chorus girl. Evil. I can hear just like <laughs> Elias Coteus like singing that and like the uh, effervescence <laughs> of 
Michael Myers floating out of his body and landing into Jamie as we, you know, get yeah. a little further into it. But yeah. I, but that's, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But I mean, like, I think that there's a, she's going down there because, I mean, it's the only family she has left, I guess. There's something like that. Like, it's about knowing, I guess. I don't know. I would say it's well because we see the inev- we see the the fallout right so that has to jade the moment right because it plays as almost a normal moment but by the end of the movie or it felt like when she saw those fingers unfurl on the knife it's because it was her time now right we see Michael just get shot with fifty guns into a an opening mall right a hellmouth right which again we see in part 5 one of the the worst retcons ever in part 5 <laughs> as to what that is i like the visual of him getting literally sucked back into the earth in a cemetery yeah, right yeah that's great and then we cut to what to me is inarguably without question without argument the coolest ending in the halloween series right which is michael's defeated loomis has let his guard down he, that's it he fell in a hole he'll never survive that i've seen him Get blown up and his face burnt, but he fell down a hole. It's over. <laughs> I'm Loomis. Right? right? Everyone's chilling. The family came back. Oh, our daughters are safe. I'll run her a bath, right? We cut to the POV. We see the mask. We see the scissors. So and when good. we cut up, and Danielle Harris is on top of the stairs. Her eyes look black as fuck, yes. right? She has Im- been imbued with this evil. And Donald Pleasance runs to that little landing. No! No! And he just starts screaming yes. as he sees it happening again. The cycle has begun anew. And he lifts his fucking gun at yep. her before the sheriff stops her. So. Or stops him. And they all just take in this twisted It has scene like this. Uh, that this girl has done it. It too. has that fucking omen vibe the whole bit. Like, it reminded me of the yeah. omen. The end of the... Like, that is, like, exactly how I felt. Because I'm like... That little girl's not going to die. <laughs> but dude, imagine if that was the last we had ever seen of this version of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hammer ending of all time because we're left with, is this little girl possessed? Is this some kind of genetic magical curse? Is this just a girl who's fucking over it? Right. right? Is this just her in like some PTSD coma right reenacting what happened all those years before again she's young enough you're like how would she necessarily know all the details to really recreate it down to this this scene right now she's killing her foster mom instead of her sister who had the world's shortest sex there's a lot of stuff going on absolutely but to me this is the moment that hammers home the most important element at the core of what makes halloween scary is donald loomis or donald pleasance dr loomis right (laughs) donald loomis just looking up those stairs and just getting the most donald pleasance emotion and he can because again this cute little girl that we rooted for and we wanted to be saved this you know heart of gold kid that we really rooted for has become evil right again with all the effort and we thought we beat the monster it just crops up again right there will always be a weed in the garden and it'll always be in a home that feels nice and safe and protected that is fucking horrifying right that is the scary image is 
You can fight to stop the monster, and it'll just take another kid, another mom, another sibling. Yeah. And it just really, although it's been this very supernatural journey and a very different retelling of the first night that this happened. Right. That final punch is such a fuck. Like, just imagine this, right? Watch Halloween one, two, and four in a row. The fucking trilogy bookend of that opening Halloween scene with this finale is as good as it gets in movies. That is such a fucking powerhouse bookend that summarizes all the themes of what we love about Halloween so perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like, it's a per- again, like you said, it's a perfect bookend. Like, that is the thing I love the most about it is it perfectly bookends these movies and i'm sure you know and again they were doing a lot to make people forget about season of the witch even though i think that's a great movie but to do that yes i agree but to do that and then decide that that's how you're going to end that movie to make people realize like this is what we were trying to do this is what we're doing to bring michael myers back in i'm with that that's exactly what i want yeah and it's See, I love these moments in the series where you get this passing of the knife. Like, we could have had a Danielle as the murderer series. We could have had Rob Zombie's Halloween 3 where Laurie was finally holding the knife. Right. Um, Josh Hartnett could have held the knife. Like, there are moments where they hint at this and they never got there. But for one shining scene, we saw the scariest element of this story. And it's, it's awesome, man. And this is the thing. We're coming into the rough patch because I think it is always a debate for me which one I like the least between Halloween 5 and H2O. Right. H2O has really good Jamie Lee Curtis acting and you're excited to see her back. And this and that. Halloween 5 runs into this big problem, which is now it is just almost a Friday the 13th script with Michael Myers in it. And they take away so much of the brilliance of this one. That I always wondered, like, what if this was the end for a long time and we didn't come back until, like, resurrection? Right. You know what I mean? Because this is such a fucking... This movie has so much strong material in it. And I feel like part five drags it down a hair. And it's just not as appreciated as it should be in the horror movie pantheon. Sure. I mean, I think that that's exactly what it is. It suffers from... It suffers from it being... It suffers from two things. It suffers from it being the reboot of a franchise that people were trying to change on the way out. And then it also suffers from being a better movie than the movie that succeeded it. So it gets lumped in a category without even being considered on its own. It's weird. Yeah. I think it's a really good uh, installment. I think it really ranks high among slasher franchise entries. Um, and yeah, I like the idea that they added and played around with it a little more, man. I thought, I think it's really good. And this is the Donald Pleasance, uh, you know, dunk movie. Yes. He's so fucking good in this movie. He's just awesome. And Daniel Harris crushes it in this movie. Such a good fucking performance. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's it guys. Halloween four fucking love it. Stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to get into Halloween 5. Again, I think it suffers from some problems, a little franchise fatigue. But again, like all Halloween movies, there's some really cool stuff happening in that movie. So we'll be back again, a horror movie every single day this month. So stay with us. Don't let your subscription lapse. Uh, Get all these horror movie episodes while they're here. 
Uh, please take a second, leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. Especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. You can get at us on all your socials. You can follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. And you can email the show, Film Alchemist Pod, if you have any concrete evidence that cops actually do it better. Uh, we would love to hear that. <laughs> or if you just want to yell, Evil! Uh, we like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on this journey with us. It's a long, deep one. Uh, and we wouldn't do it without you. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh. I'm Alex Dandy.